Alright, good morning everyone. It's good to see you. Shreif coming to learn. The Pasuk tells in this coming week's parasha, we have a mitzvah to build uh, the Mishkan, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu will uh, dwell His presence amongst us in the Mishkan. And that the, uh, we have to follow the specifications that Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, instructed Kalal Yisrael, Maish Rabbeinu, to build the Mishkan according to those dimensions, as well as the Kalim in the Mishkan. And so shall you do, Rashi even comments, Lederos, so shall you do for generations. However, the Rechaim HaKadosh uh, notices the inconsistency in the language. The Pasuk begins discussing the Beis HaMikdash and concludes discussing the Mishkan. Vasuli Mikdash, but then, Ani Mare Tavnis HaMishkan. Why does the Pasuk uh, change from the Mikdash to the Mishkan? So the Rechaim HaKadosh comments... <coughs> That, uh, that this is because it refers not only uh, to the Mishkan, but to the Beis HaMikdash, because the Beis HaMikdash itself is a Hemshech, is a continuation uh, of the Mishkan. And therefore, just like we have a mitzvah to build a Mishkan, we have a mitzvah to build the Beis HaMikdash, which was a continuation of the Mishkan. And he claims that this is the source for the Rambam, which he quotes over here in the third line in uh, Hilchus Beis HaBchira, that there's a mitzvah say. Uh, to build a base HaMikdash, and the Rambam cites the Pasuk in this week's parasha, and parasha's truma, v'asuli mikdash v'shachanti v'saycham, which discusses the Mishkan. How could the Rambam derive a mitzvah to build a base HaMikdash from the Mishkan? So Chaim HaKadosh explains that it's because really one is a continuation uh, of the other. Not only is the Beis HaMikdash a continuation of the Mishkan, and just like there was a mitzvah to build a Mishkan, a mitzvah to build a Deiraisa, to build a Beis HaMikdash, the Zayar HaKadosh claims that perhaps it continues not only to the Beis HaMikdash, but perhaps even further to our Batei Knesiyos and Batei Midrashas. The Zayar HaKadosh writes, Zasuli Mikdash, Rishachanti Basaycham, that's Tam the Kobe Kenishta Da'alma Mikdash. Every uh, shul is in fact a continuation of the Mishkan, and uh, for, therefore from uh, the Beis HaMikdash as well. And this is echoed by the Gemara Megillah, commenting on the Pasuk and Sefer Yechezkel, Vahilahem Lemikdash Miyat, as Klaiso would go into Galos. Kaddish Baruch Hu tells them, Don't worry, there will be a Mikdash Miyat, a small Mikdash that will be with you. Amar Abizak, Elu Batei Knesio, Subatei Midrash, Shebebabel. The base Mikdash uh, will have uh, some sort of uh, um, manifestation with you together in, uh, in, uh, in Galos in the form of the Batei Mikdash, Batei Knesios, Batei Midrashos, which are a continuation, a uh, small kind of uh, base Hamikdash. This is, uh, seems to be the source, perhaps, for the sanctity, for the Kedusha, uh, that we attribute to the base HaKnesis, to the base HaMedrash. The Gemara tells us, Mishnah, Mesechtas, Megillah, Dav Chavches, Aleph, the Beis HaKnesses Shecharev ain't must be the Mesoychai. A Beis HaKnesses which has been, uh, which has been placed in disuse, somewhat abandoned. Um, still, one is not allowed to hold Hespedim in the Beis HaKnesses. It retains its Kedusha. You're not supposed to make it into a shortcut. As the Apostolic says, That I will destroy your uh, Beis HaMikdash. Kedushas and Avkishahen Shemimin. That uh, your, uh, the Kedusha continues even after uh, it has been destroyed. And this refers not only to the Beis HaMikdash, if you look back at the Sifra, over there, Oizdalin, the Sifra tells us that, uh, why is it in the plural, Mikdashechem, I will destroy uh, your Mikdashechem, your Mikdashois, why is it in the plural? Because it refers not only to the Beis HaMikdash itself, but to all other continuations of the Beis HaMikdash, the manifestations of the Beis HaMikdash, which is the Bate Knesios and the Bate Midrashos, uh, and this Kedusha continues even after it's been placed into disuse. 
Because the Pasuk says, Hashimaisi, Pasuk compares with Chukais in the Teichav, Hashimaisi, as Mikdashechem. I will destroy your Mikdash, which implies that even after it's destroyed, it still retains its Kedusha. If it meant to imply otherwise, it should have said, as Mikdashechem, Acharev, uh, or Kaddish Baruch Hu will, uh, our Mikdash will destroy, which implies after it's been destroyed, it's no longer a Mikdash. But from the fact that the destruction is placed in the phrase before the Mikdash, that implies that once it's been destroyed, uh, it still retains its Kedusha. And one is not allowed to conduct himself, you know, to do uh, mundane activities in the base Knesset, even after it's been placed in disuse. And the Brisa continues, What is not allowed to engage in the frivolous behavior. You're not allowed to engage in, you know, eating and drinking and, uh, you know, strolling uh, in the shul. That is, uh, you know, a violation of the Kedusha of the Beis HaKnesses. But what, uh, where does the Kedusha of the Beis HaKnesses stem from? So the Ran and Mesechus Megillah quotes from the Ramban, that it's because it's no different than any other item that's used for a mitzvah. And the Gemara says in Mesechus Megillah, Tashmishe mitzvah, uh, bizman mitzvah, son, when uh, you have an item that's used for a mitzvah while the time of the mitzvah is still continuing, you're not allowed to uh, use it for other um, purposes. Because it's a disgrace to the mitzvah, like we discussed on Hanukkah. You're not allowed to uh, count money opposite the, you know, using the light of the menorah. It's a kadesh lo yehei mitzvah's bezuyas olav. It's a disgrace to the mitzvah of Nechanukah to use the light uh, for, for other activities. And the same would be true for any item of a mitzvah, as long as the mitzvah, time of the mitzvah is, uh, is still present. However, la'achar's man mitzvah son, after it's been concluded... So you can take the lulav and the esrog after sukkahs, place it in a separate bag, and throw it into the garbage. Lachaz ma mitzvasan is nizrakin. You're not supposed to throw it together with the garbage, that's a bizarre, but uh, you can put it in its own separate garbage bag and put it uh, throw it away. Lachaz tashmishe mitzvah, lachaz ma mitzvasan are nizrakin. You can throw them away. So Sotu says the Ramban, that's the nature of the Kedusha of Beis HaKnesses, is as long as the, we continue to plan to use it, so it retains its Kedusha. Once we stopped using it, it should really no longer have its Kedusha anymore. It should be Nizrakin. We can uh, dismantle it. The only reason the Mishnah said uh, that the Kedusha of the persists, continues, even after it's, uh, it's been uh, you know, p- placed into disuse is because maybe they'll come back to use it again. People never really want to give up hope. They want to maintain hope that they're going to come back to use it. But says the Ramban, if we were to decide you know, uh, conclusively that we have no plans of continuing to use this Beis HaKnesset, says the Ramban, then the Kedusha would cease to exist. However, the Ran, on the bottom line, disagrees, and he claims that the Kedush of a Beis HaKnesses continues after it's been placed, even in permanent disuse, because the nature of a Beis HaKnesses is what, uh, different than Tashmishe Mitzvah. It's not just used for mitzvahs, it's Tashmishe Kedusha, like a mezuzah, or tefillin, or say for Torah. It's not just used for a mitzvah, it's used for uh, items of you know, Kedusha, of Limerat Torah, and therefore, even after it's been placed into its use, you can't throw it away, like a Sefer Torah, like a mezuzah, like a tefillin. It has to be nignazin. Tashmishe kedusha la'achar zman mitzvahsan. After the time of the mitzvah has been concluded, you have to uh, uh, put it into Geniza. It has to be buried properly. So, so too, the Ran claims, since in the shul we do, we uh, lane, we, we you know, learn Torah, we recite Dvarm Shebekdusha of Kaddish and Kedusha. So the shul has the status of Tashmishe kedusha. And even after it's been placed into permanent disuse, it retains, uh, retains its Kedusha. However, the, uh, the Ramban, uh, I'm sorry, even the Ran, writes at the end, the final uh, words, 
that even though it has the status of Tashmisha Kedusha, because we do matters of uh, Kedusha in the Shul, learning Torah and uh, Kaddish and Kedusha, Dvarm Kedusha, it only has the status of Tashmisha Kedusha mid We don't, you know, the Shul itself is not actually facilitating this. It is in a kind of a secondary way, but it's not the same as a tefillin, as a mezuzah, as a sefer Torah. So the the status, the kedusha of the base haknesses, as tashmishe kedusha, is only mid rabbanon. Why would you say base like a base mikdash? The kedusha never uh, agrees. Away, you can make the argument since it's like a base. Correct. So that's the argument. Correct. You're 100 percent right. So that's what the sefer Yureim argues yeah. is that um, the pasuk tells us in Parshas Kedoshim, Meshav Soisai Tishmeru Mikdashiti Ro. That uh, we have to fear the base hamikdash and conduct ourselves, uh, you know, in, in the base hamikdash in a certain uh, seriousness without any kalus roish, uh, you know, frivolous behavior. So too, writes the sefer Yeremi Doirai. So this um, <coughs> standard of behavior would exist in the base haknesses as well. Umatzino base haknesses base hamedrash shenikdu mikdash that they're also considered to be a mikdash midoray, as the pasuk says, Hashimoisi is mikdash sheichem. It's in the plural to include bate knesiyos. So therefore, says the Yerim, lo madnu kisha amr tayras mikdashi tiro she bate knesiyos u bate midrashas bechlal. That this is included midoraysa in the uh, prohibition of conducting oneself in a frivolous manner in the base hamikdash. You're not allowed to conduct yourself in that manner in the base haknesses either midoraysa. Not only midorabbanon, like the Ron said, it would actually have the status of uh, the base hamikdash. Midoraysa is a continuation of the base hamikdash. The Rambam uh, seems to imply. Uh, that he subscribes to a similar position, because the Rambam writes in his Minina Mitzvahs, HaKatzer, this is not the Sefer HaMitzvahs, he lists the Mitzvahs before he discusses them in the Mishnah Torah. He writes, You're not allowed to dismantle or destroy a Beis HaKnesses. And he derives it from the Pasuk, That uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu commands us to destroy places of Avedah uh, you shouldn't do so into places that serve the Rebbeinu Shalolim. So you're not, you're not supposed to destroy it or dismantle it. The Mordechai writes a similar thing in Megillah, and the, this is quoted by the Ramah in Shulchan Aruch, that a base HaKnesses, one is not allowed to destroy, to, you know, to make it smaller. You're not allowed to demolish part of it, to, to save space or something. If you want to you know, redo it, so you're, the, the demolition is in order to make it nicer, that's permitted, but if it's just to destroy it and to not use it any longer as a base HaKnesses, that's prohibited. Again, because uh, they're supposed to do that to places of a desire, but not uh, to, uh, to a shul. So this implies that perhaps the continuation, you know, the, the idea that the base HaKnesses, continuation of the base HaMikdash, is in fact perhaps a principle midoraisa, and uh, according to the Urayim and the Rambam, that might be a reason for a person to conduct himself in the base HaKnesses, even midoraisa, the same standard that we would conduct ourselves uh, in the base HaMikdash. Because the base HaKnesses seems to be in continuation of the base HaMikdash, so that, therefore, um, we extrapolate, perhaps, this, the, way, you know, the way that the Beis HaMikdash was structured, we try and import that as much as we can to the Beis HaKnesses uh, as well. So the Tosefta says, for example, and it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch, that the door of a shul is supposed to be opposite the Oren. Because the way you entered into the Mishkan, into the Beis HaMikdash, well, the door was opposite the Kedush HaKadoshim. So the door is supposed to be opposite of the Oren. Or, for example, the Rambam writes, the Bima is supposed to be in the middle uh, the shulchan from where we lay in the middle uh, of the shul, just like the mizbeach was in the middle of the azara. The Rambam actually says that the reason why it has to be there is kadesh yishma ukulam, so that everybody should be able to hear. So Ramayisha says in Igras Ramayisha, if you have like a, a cavernous shul and everyone just sits in the front, maybe we should move the bima to the middle of where people are sitting. 
But everyone agrees it's supposed to be uh, in the middle. I'm sorry for made a big deal about this in his fight against the reform that we have. The, we cannot move the bima uh, from the middle at all because it's supposed to be modeled after the base hamikdash, and therefore the way we structure and arrange the shul should be as similar uh, to the base hamikdash as possible. And just like the mizbeach was in the middle of the azara, so too uh, the uh, the shulchan should be in the middle of the azara. So why is the safety tower not laying down as opposed to standing up? Because also laying down. That's in the Gemara. So therefore, therefore the Sefer Torah should be laying down. Ah, but that's two men hugging by the Sefer Torah. Right. It's, it's by the, not everything yeah. equates all the time. We as much as possible. It's not. It's not. Uh, we're not. We don't have twenty amos high either. But we do as much as we can. What, what? the uh, reform shuls move the bima? Yeah, to, to the, the front. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, when, the, when yeah. everyone sits in the front, they move to the front. I, mean, they lay, yeah, I believe they lay in face. I've never been there, but I believe they fa- I mean, lay in facing the, the island. Conservative shul. I was, was in Prague a couple of months ago, and the lake with, the lake with Reverend, we dive in the shul, and we found out after we were there that it was a reform, reform shul. Yeah. And that kid was moving the beam around. I didn't know what he was doing. But yeah, that's this. So that was probably the reason why. Yeah, yeah. So, similarly, the Maram Shik, who, of course, one of the Talmidim of the Chsam Sefer, one of the foremost Talmidim of the Chsam Sefer, yeah. Until we moved in the back. The rabbi moved into the middle because of that halacha. Yeah, but Ramayusha claims it should be in a place it should hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's only my Yeah. Not real. The um, Maram Shik, who was one of the foremost Talmidim of the Chsam Sefer, so continued on in his, uh, you know, the battle against... Uh, those who wanted to reform uh, the, the way the Beis HaKnesses was structured, also argues that uh, just like uh, the Beis HaMikdash, of course, had an Ezra's Anoshim and an Ezra's Noshim, the men and the women were separated. So therefore, as well, uh, obviously, clearly, the shul has to be modeled after that, uh, that uh, arrangement, and therefore there has to be a separation um, between uh, the men and the women in the Beis HaKnesses, and presumably, if one will argue that the uh, Beis HaKnesses is a manifestation of the Beis HaMikdash, Midoy Raisa, as is implied by the Sefer Yireim, by the Rambam, then this separation between men and women in the Beis HaKnesses would therefore also be uh, Midoy Raisa. Now that implies that one has to have a separation between men and the women. Does that necessarily mean that there has to be a boundary, you know, that there has to be a physical uh, barrier in between uh, the men and the women. Maybe there was just uh, separate uh, locations. Esser and Nashim doesn't mean the men and women were separated at all. It's only Simchas Beis HaShoah, but they were separated and they put up something. There is no reference of men and women being it's not together. It's called the Ezra's Nashim. Yeah, 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 so was what? The men were in the Ezra's Nashim. Well, there were times that there were, the as we'll see, there were times that the women walked into the Ezra's yes, Nashim, and there were times that the men Shoah, walked into the Nashim. During the regular year, they were never it's, separated. It's hard to know, but... Look at the Gemara. No, no, but, but the, clearly from the fact that one was called the Ezra's Anoshim and one was called the Ezra's Nashim, I don't think it's a great jump to nah, assume Anoshim. that one was for men and one was for women. So let's assume the separation between men and women is Midairaisa. Does there have to be a, uh, a, a barrier uh, between them? So Ramosha claims that the barrier, the Mechitza itself, is also Midairaisa as Ruby was alluding to, because the Mishnah tells us in Mesech the Sukkah that B'matzei Yom Tov Harishon after the first night of Sukkot <coughs> for the Simchas Beis HaSheva, uh, everyone came down to the Ezra's Nashim, they made a great um, improvement. My Tikkun Golo, what was this great improvement? In fact, that's why it says in the Siddur Agra, in one of the Mepharshim on the bottom, that's why we say in the Musaf of Yantif V'samcheinu B'sikunoi, 
We uh, rejoice in your tikkuno, improvement. It refers to this uh, tikkun gadol that they made at the time of the Simchas Beis Sheva. What was the great improvement? So Tana Rabbanu, the Gemara quotes a brisa. They initially tried that they should be separate. Yeah, separate. always separate. That they should be hanashim mi bifnim vanashim mi bechutz. It was in the Ezra's nashim. There were certain activities that took place in the Ezra's nashim. Hakel took place in the Ezra's nashim. That's where they learned from. So the women were on the inside, but the men uh, stood on the outside. Vayubayim lidei kalas rosh just led to frivolous behavior, which is improper, of course, in the base of mikdash or mikdashi tiro. So his kinu shiu nashim yoshim mi bechutz vanashim mi bifnim. They figured perhaps it's because the men are watching through the women, so they put the men on the inside and they moved the woman to the outside. Also separate. Again, this led to frivolous uh, behavior. So they built. I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know anything about uh, architecture, but they built in the you know they uh, constructed a balcony uh, in the base Hamikdash in order so that the men should be below and the woman above. Yeah. No, it implies that they were separate without a barrier. Or there was a barrier, but it was on the same floor. No, they were always separate. It was on Nashimi of Nin Nashimi Bachutz. They were always separate. They were always separate. They were separate, but there was no. The assumption is that they were on the same floor level, and that wasn't acceptable. And there was no barrier. Yes. The barrier. But it was only for Sukkot they were together that's or when separate. They got, that's when they got together. You, know, you can't tell. That, this that's took place in the Ezra Sanashim. We can only extrapolate what it's talking about. But that's when they had the crowds. That's when they had, yeah. Well, men and women were always in the base of Mikdash. Yeah, but there was no So the Gemara Frech, the Kasha, Hechi Yavid Look, we can only deal with what's here. So Hechi Yavid how did they, uh, how were they able to do this? So the Gemara asks, you're really not allowed to make adjustments to the structure of the Beis HaMikdash. As we mentioned, the Pasuk says in Sefer Parshish Truma, we mentioned at the beginning, that you have to, and if that's referring not only to the Mishkan, but the Rambam told us that's referring to the Beis HaMikdash as well, so it has to be built according to the specifications that were instructed by the Rebbe Shalom. So how could they make an adjustment on the fly? That uh, the specifications of the Beis Hamikdash were given to us uh, from the Rebbeinu Nishalaylam, as the Pesach says in Divrei Yomim. So you can't make adjustments to it. So Amarav Kra Ashkechu Vidorish. They found another Pesach um, which justified making this adjustment because the Pesach says at the time of the uh, Leviah, the funeral for Mashiach ben Yosef, that the men and the woman would be sitting separately. Mishpachas, Mishpachas Levad, and Beis David Levad ben Nishayim Levad. The men and the woman would be sitting separately, so therefore they derive from here a, uh, you know, a justification for separating the men from the woman. And they made a kavachaymer, that if that was at a time of a funeral, where the Yetzirah is not shaylet, certainly at a time of, uh, of a great celebration, like the Simchas Beis HaShayeva, it would be appropriate for the men and the woman to be separate, and therefore uh, they built this balcony. It's not the only time that the Gemara asks, how did they, how, that, uh, or brings up the issue that one is not allowed to make an adjustment to the specifications of the Beis HaMikdash. The Gemara brings up the issue of Mesech Tzvachim in the context of doing smichas Karbonis. Before a person brings a Karbon, he would rest his hands, uh, lean his hands on the head of the Karbon and confess his Averis, and therefore the Karbon would be able to serve as a Kapara for all the Averis that he performed. Smichas. And that was typically done in the Azara. So the Gemara brings up the problem or the issue of a person who's an Asha, a Mitzayra, he's a recovering uh, you know, a person who had Saras, 
that at the end of his uh, period of Tahara, he has to bring Asha uh, Mitzayra. And he doesn't achieve his ta- full process of Tahara until the completion of the process of his Tahara, until he brings his carbon. He's known as one of the four Mechusrei Kippurim. Until he brings his carbon, he's not Tahar. Even if you wait a while, your lettuce also. Mitzayra has to bring a carbon in order to become Tahar. So the problem is, his carbon, he has to do smicha. Smicha is performed where? In the Azara. So it's a catch-22. He can't walk into the Azara because he's still Tameh. So how can he do smicha on his Hashem Mitzayra, which is going to make him Tahar, if the smicha has to be performed in the Azara and he's not allowed to walk in until he brings his carbon? So the Gemara says, well, Let us poke a hole in the wall of the Azara so that he could stick his hands through, put it on the head of the carbon, and the Gemara says, well, he's putting his hands in. Be a bit mixed. It's a complicated discussion. Let him put his hands through the hole in the uh, wall of the Azara, do smicha on the carbon, and uh, he'll be able to bring his carbon with smicha. So Gemara says, he cannot do that. You're not allowed to make an adjustment to the specifications of the Beis HaMikdash by poking holes in the wall. Or similarly, the Gemara says in Mesech Deschulin, the Mishnah, that typically when you perform a shechita on a chay or an oif, uh, certain types of animals or a bird, so there's a mitzvah of kisei adam. And the kisei adam, you have to cover over the blood with dirt, involves two coverings. You have to put first dirt underneath the blood, and then you cover on top of the blood with, uh, with dirt. Like, uh, like the Lechem Mishnah, right? It has to have a covering below, and then a covering on top. So the Gemara said, the Mishnah says, Mesechtas Chulim, when they did a Shkitas Oifos in the Beis HaMikrash, they never did Kisei Adam. So the Gemara explains, why not? Bimukdashin, at the end of the first line, my time alloy, why didn't they do it? So the Gemara explains that it's because you need dirt below the blood. You can't put dirt on the Mizbeach below the blood. Why? Because then the dirt will serve as a chatzitza, as a, you know, a separation, an interruption between the blood and the Mizbech. It has to be poured directly on the Mizbech. So the Gemara says, you know, let's be mavatel. Let's assume we're going to leave the dirt here forever. There will just be a layer of dirt on top of the Mizbech, and all of the blood will be on top of the dirt, and that dirt will be a new part of the Mizbech. You know, the dirt will be bottle there. Uh, always. It will always rest there. So the Gemara says, no, you can't do that, because then you're raising uh, your, the, the height of the Mizbech. And the Pasuk says, you're not allowed to do that. The last line over here in Gemara Chulin, everything uh, has its proper specification. You're not allowed to adjust it or to add to it. So you're not allowed, because you're not allowed to do you're not allowed to add to the height of the Mizbech, and therefore they forfeited the mitzvah of Kisi Adam and the Beis HaMikdash. The Asham Mitzayra, we weren't allowed to poke a hole in the walls of the Azar for him to do smichan his Karban, so he could become Tahar. What did they do with the Mitzayra then in the end? So the Gemara says, Smicha and Hashem is only the Rabbanon. We could do it outside of the Azara. That's what we, the accommodation we made for the Mitzayra. Smicha is only the Rabbanon. So we could do it outside of the Azara. So Taisus writes in Mesech Tzvachim, back Oisid Aleph, Taisus said, it seems from here that the only time one is actually allowed to uh, change from the, you know, from the initial specifications of the Beis HaMikdash is if it's a Mitzvah Midoraisa, and smicha of a sham mitzayra, putting your hands on the head of the carbon, was only derabbanon, so that wasn't good enough uh, to poke a hole in the wall of the azar. It has to be a need midoraisa. And it can't be similar uh, to kisui adam, which is just a mitzvah, which we could forfeit. Okay, we can't do kisui adam. It's a base on Okay, we can't do it. We can't do it. It has to be something that's non-negotiable. We must do it. And it has to be derabbanon. We can't do it. You can't do it. What are you going to do? 
It's a mitzvah sasei. We would like to do kisei adam, but if you can't, you can't. Okay, we can't do it. What are you going to do? It doesn't prevent you from being sh- from shechting. But something that you so that you see doraisa isn't even good enough. It has to be doraisa, which is indispensable, non-negotiable. That's what it has to be. That's what Tyson says. In order to change from the Azara, to change something in the Azara, it has to be Deiraisa, number one, not like Smicha and Hashem and Tzai, which is only the Rabbanan. It can be done outside. And it has to be something which we can't just say, all right, we'll forfeit that. It's got to be something that is totally indispensable. Why is Zafar done dispensable and another middle Because the Mitzvah is safe. You can't, you can't. You can't take Lulav and what are we going to do? Only Lulav Correct. Only Lulav Yes. Correct. Yes. But by definition, you can't put something under blood, how do you do that to begin with? Well, you put First the you put dirt down. down. Put, 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 put the, the dirt down before. Put the dirt before. No, no, no. You put the dirt for first, then you shaft on top of the dirt, and then you put blood on top. Uh, dirt on top. So that's what Tyson says. In order to change the, something in the Azar, it has to be this standard. It has to be doiraisa, and it has to be something which is not just a mitzvah say, which we can forfeit. It has to be a say, which is non-negotiable. So therefore, coming back to the Gemara and Sukkah, Rabbi Misha argues... How then were they able to build this balcony in the uh, in Ezra's Nashim at the time of the Simchas Beis Shreva? So the Gemara says temporary. it's a violation of a Kobech Siav. It was not a temporary thing. It's a Kobech Siav. So the Gemara says, no, we found the justification for it from the Pasuk uh, in Sefer Zechayahu that at the time of the Leviah, Mashiach ben Yosef, the men and the woman were separated. Yeah, but the, that must mean that even though it's a Pasuk that's found in Nach, Says Ramayusha, it must be that this is a mitzvah midiraisa or a requirement midiraisa for the men and the women to be separated, and it's something that is non-negotiable. Meaning, it has to happen. This boundary, this uh, separation, it can't just be separation between the men and the women is enough. Must be that the boundary between men and women is a requirement midiraisa. Otherwise, how could it have overridden? How could it uh, overcome the uh, obstacle of Hakol Bechsav Miyad Hashem that we're changing the specifications of the Beis Hamikdash? Well, now, Pasuk and Sefer Zechayo is a correct. But Sefer Moshe, what did we use that to build a balcony? Now, if Midoraisa is enough with just separation, so then, then how did you get away because with building? Good. Good. So it has to be an effective separation, which is a what? Well, for purposes, Balcony. Co- correct. It is for the purpose of separation. There's no doubt about it. But you see, just distancing one group from another is not enough. Even midiraisa, because that we adjusted the specification. The base is based on this need midiraisa, which is non-negotiable, as many pointed out. So therefore, it must be that the barrier itself is deiraisa. Now, one could have argued, and this is what the marsha writes. Look at the marsha. The marsha argues. That perhaps this is not the same as the Gemara in Zvach and the Gemara Masech Tzchulin. Perhaps what the Gemara means in Masech Tzchulin is it's at the bottom of Ois Tes. Um, the Marsha writes that perhaps this is not a violation of a Kobech Samiyad Hashem because then the specification we're not allowed to adjust the specifications of the Beis Hamikdash if it's for the purpose of Avodas Hakarbonos because the Kaddish Baruch who clearly understood when he gave us these specifications or had in mind. Uh, that we were going to bring the Karbanos in the Beis HaMikdash, and therefore, presumably, it's sufficient for our needs of bringing the Karbanos. So if we can't figure out how to bring the Karbanos properly, that's our problem. We can't adjust the specification of the Beis HaMikdash to account for something clearly the Rebbe had in mind when the Beis HaMikdash was built. However, if it's something that's, uh, you know, for a Zaitika concern, for something that's a secondary concern that is not 
inherent to the Beis HaMikdash, like it was leading to Kalos Reish, to frivolous behavior in the Beis HaMikdash. So therefore, says the Marsha, that was never included in the Pasuk of HaKobech Samiyad Hashem. Yes, to override the Pasuk, uh, to change the specification of the Beis HaMikdash, that would require a Mitzvah Midei which is non-negotiable. That's if you're changing it for Avodis HaKarbonos, like doing Smicha on the head of the Hashem Mitzvah. But if it's just to prevent Kalus Roish, that was never included in the prohibition of changing from the specifications of the Beis Hamikdash in the first place. So therefore, one could argue separation between the men and the women clearly is Dairaisa. The Mechitza, uh, the barrier, was a siog, was something that was added as a, you know, as a protection to make sure that the separation was effective, but perhaps the barrier itself is not required in Dairaisa. Separation, as was Nashim Anoshim, assumption is yes, that they were separate, but the barrier, the, the, the balcony, perhaps, uh, is not Midairaisa. Rabbi Moshe disagrees with the Marsha at length, in many tshuvas, and Ramayisha argues, look, well, but one minute, the Gemara Masechtas Chulin is Kisi Adam. Yes, smicha on the head of an Hashem Mitzayrah is inherent to bringing Karbonos, or that's part of Avodas HaKarbonos. However, Kisi Adam is a separate mitzvah. That's not a mitzvah that's unique to the Beis HaMikdash. If you sect a chicken here, you also have to do Kisi Adam. So that's also not a Beis HaMikdash type halacha, you know, that's inherent at Kravos HaKarbonos. That's something that's... Uh, 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 no different than uh, Kalos Reish. And therefore, Ramayisha says, if uh, that uh, was included in HaKol Bechsav, Miyad Hashem, you know, not to change the specifications before him, Kisri Adam, so then one shouldn't be allowed to change the specifications uh, for Kalos Reish either, unless you are dealing with a requirement so that is non-negotiable. One could argue with Ramayisha, um, I'm not saying I am, but one could argue with Ramayisha and say, Kisi Adam is inherent to bringing the carbon. So that was clearly the Rebbein Shalom had in mind when he gave us the Beis Hamikdash. Kalos Reish was something that developed uh, later on. But Ramesha uh, rejects it. He doesn't see a difference between Kisi Adam and Kalos Reish. And therefore Ramesha assumes that uh, building the balcony in the Beis Hamikdash would have been a violation of changing the specification of the Beis Hamikdash Midei Raisa unless um, uh, having this barrier itself was also uh, midday raisa, and uh, it's something that is non-negotiable, and therefore Ramesha says it wasn't that one day raisa overrode another, what we're deriving from the Pasuk is that this is what the Rebbeinu Shalalem had in mind initially when the specifications of the Beis HaMikdash were articulated, was that there would be not only a separation between the men and the women but a physical barrier uh, between the men and the women, and the balcony was Hakob, part of Hakob Echsav Miyad Hashem. So therefore, yeah, Ramayisha assumes a balcony is preferable, but a mechitza on the same level is the same, you know, accomplishes the same thing. There, there, there were no, there were who was Balconies are more traditional. I'm not going to say, yeah, the Ramayisha is... Correct. Ramayisha claims it's preferable. And it's clearly more effective than a mechitza, usually a mechitza on the same level. No. 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 So Moshe claims that if the ba- this mechitza was midairaisa in the sh- in the Beis Hamikdash, this physical not only separation between men and women but the barrier, so then it uh, stands to reason that that is also midairaisa in our shuls. Clearly, according to those we shine him that hold that the whole kedush of the shul stems from its uh, you know to continuation of the Beis Hamikdash to the Rambam the Sefer Yireim, then this uh, requirement would be midairaisa in the shul, not only a separation but a barrier. Um, 
then even if uh, the kedusha of the shul is only midrabanan, like the ran. Uh, that it's been, you know, they treated it as a Tashmishe Kedusha. Ramosha claims at a time that we're, that's when we're not davening, at a time that we're davening, we are reciting Dvarim Shebe Kedusha. Ramosha uh, argues that then everyone would agree that you have to have not only a separation but a barrier that it would be included in Umikdashi Tiro, even if the structure itself uh, wouldn't warrant it. But the, our activity of engaging in Dvarim Shebe Kedusha should warrant not only a separation but a barrier as well. How, uh, you know, high does this barrier have to be? So Rabbi Moshe uh, quotes, as do all of the uh, Paiskim who deal with the issue, there seems to be a contradiction in the Rambam. The Rambam in his parish of Mishnah, 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 writes that the purpose of this uh, barrier was so they shouldn't be able to see one another. However, the Rambam uh, in Hilchus Lulav writes, so they shouldn't be intermingled or uh, mixed uh, uh, with one another, which are two very uh, different uh, standards. So, you know, would imply different things uh, on a practical level. So Rabbi Moshe argues that we should accept the Rambam, which is typically what we would do, to accept the Rambam in the Mishnah Torah. We give preference to that. <coughs> uh, that it really the focus is that they shouldn't mix with one another, which Rabbi Moshe says was the original concern that led to Kalus Reish, led to frivolous behavior. Um, just the Rambam in the Parish of Mishnahis means if you're able to see one another without a boundary... Without a physical barrier in between, just a separation that itself could lead. They'll become mixed with one another. If you could see them without a barrier, it could lead uh, to becoming mixed. But if there will be a barrier, there will be a mechitza there. Uh, so then, Ramosha assumes that, uh, that 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 would be sufficient. So Ramosha's shita was that it should be high enough, not that you, you could see one another. He says, look, they probably saw the woman in the balcony, but Ramosha says it should be high enough that they shouldn't become mixed, uh, you know, intermingle with one another. So Ramosha claims if it's shoulder height. He claims that that is uh, between, ideally, five and a half feet. It gives inches. He says, ideally 72 inches, but somewhere between six, uh, 66 uh, inches and 72 inches. Ramosha claims is ideal. Bishas Hadchak, he gives every detail there. Bishas and his 15 truths about it. Bishas Hadchak, he's willing to be Mako until 60 inches, five feet. He says, a woman in America, you know, Jewish women t- t- tend to the shorter end of the spectrum. So five feet is shoulder height. Yeah, the height. Bishas Hadchak, he claimed balcony would be ideal. Because that prevents all intermingling. But if it's not going to be at the balcony, it should be shoulder height so that they can't talk, you know, one another, which Amosha claims is what leads to the frivolous behavior. So it should be, he argues, five and a half feet. But he does say, if it's made of glass, let's say, that will be fine. Um, he, you know, just cautions that after women would all have to be dressed appropriately for other reasons. If the women are not dressed appropriately, one can't dive in while he's looking at a woman who's dressed inappropriately. So he says, if everyone, though, is dressed appropriately, so then glass or a, lattice, a wooden type of lattice, he's opposed to like bars because you could see right through them. Here's the truth about every detail. If you could pass things through the bars, so Ramayusha claims, and that's, uh, that, what's the purpose of the whole in the first place? So it has to be something that's, you know, you can't pass things through, but if it's a lattice or a glass uh, that prevents intermingling. You, if it's glass, you don't need any height. No, it has to be, the, you could reach the height with glass. There's no problem seeing one another. The problem is mixing with one another. However, the... 
Rabbanim from Hungary, already in the 1800s, um, put out a uh, position paper, you know, okay, that uh, their uh, feeling was that it should not, it's not enough that we should accept the Ramah and the Parish of Mishnayas, because the Taisis Yantif makes a big deal about the Ramah and the Parish of Mishnayas, um, that we should accept the Ramah and the Parish of Mishnayas, and the standard should really be that you can't see uh, one another, and seeing itself is intermingling. What the Rambam means in, in Mishnah Torah is, it doesn't only mean to talk and to speak and to pass things, it means if we could even see one another, that's already a kind of mixing and intermingling. So therefore, uh, the Rabbanim in Hungary, 70 Rabbanim, came out, signed a kokoire, uh, that their position was they shouldn't be able to see one another. That was a position of the Maram Sheik. And in more modern times, contemporary times, that was a position that was championed by the, by the Divrayo, by the, Satmer, uh, by the Satmer Rebbe, that it has to be high enough that the woman can't see one another. And he even argued that in the Beis HaMikdash, that was what took place. They weren't able to see one another. And even when this balcony was established, the women were able to see, perhaps, but the men weren't able to see them, and, uh, and uh, that, that has to be the standard. If that's the case, so then the mechitza has to be, uh, you know, there's a, probably a, most women, you know, six Early feet or something like that. They shouldn't be able to see one another. <coughs> and Ramayusha says, look, if a person wants to do that tavel of bracha because uh, sometimes uh, many women are not dressed appropriately. So one will have to do that uh, perhaps for other concerns as well. But Meikar Din, Ramayusha, and that's a minig been accepted in many shuls. Meikar Din, it's enough, you know, five and a half feet uh, somewhere in that, uh, in that range. This is only, though, if a person is uh, davening, uh, you know, in, uh, in shul at a time of, in shul at a time of, uh, of public uh, davening, what if uh, it's not a you know a time of uh, public tefillah? A person is uh, not in shul. So Rabbi Moshe uh, writes in English, Moshe, it doesn't sound like that there uh, had to be a separation. You weren't allowed to let's say have a, you know a, a woman uh, in the room uh, when a man is davening, if it's not in a shul at a time of public tefillah. And uh, he brings over here from Taisus and Mesechtas Kiddushin that uh, it was never prohibited for a woman to enter into the Azara. The Gemara asked in Mesechtas Kiddushin discussing the Mishnah that a man is allowed to be Makadesh, a woman with Kachim Kalim, you know, with his uh, share in a carbon, but Kachim Kalim were never allowed to leave the Azara. You know, if I want to take my part of the carbon and give it to a woman for Kiddushin, can you do that? So Gemara asks, Isha Bazar Minayan, what is she doing there in the Azara? So Taisa says, it doesn't mean that it's prohibited for women to enter into the Azara. What it means is uh, that it was uncommon. But it ha- clearly happened on rare occasions, or, the, you know, with the uh, carbon Saita and in Azira. But it happened uh, on occasion that women walked into the uh, Azara. And Ramesha brings the precedent from Chana. Chana was davening. In the Azara, that's when Elia Kayen uh, saw her. He was in the room with her, uh, and she was davening in the Azara. So Moshe argues if it's not a time of, uh, you know, an obligatory tefillah, a time of public gathering or in shul, um, then the, one doesn't need a physical uh, barrier uh, between, uh, you know, a woman or, um, and a man who's davening. What does Rabbi with the Pasuk from Zechariah? I mean, that's the whole purpose. So Ramosha argues. That person, she said, ah, at a funeral. Ah, so Ramosha argues. I didn't want to expo- you know, go down this road, but Ramosha argues that it's at all, not only in, at a time of davening, all public gatherings that it's a mitzvah to attend. Varaya, the funeral. So Ramosha says at a funeral, it's not enough to have a separation between men and women with an aisle. You must have a barrier. Vahariah is the funeral of Mashiach ben Yosef. It was not a time of tefillah, but it was an obligatory public gathering because it was a mitzvah to attend. No. So Amosha argues every obligatory public gathering cannot just have a separation, but has to have a physical barrier. And he cites the Mordechai. Look over here at the Mordechai. Karim Pesach was a time of you know, families eating together. But the Mordechai says, but not everyone, it wasn't a public gathering. 
Not everyone is invited to my carbon Pesach. But a funeral, everyone is encouraged to attend. Or a shir, the Mordechai says, they used to have a mechitza. The Mordechai and Shabbos discussed, they used to have a mechitza by a shir. That wasn't a time of tefillah. So Ramesha argues every public gathering, which is obligatory to attend, meaning some mitzvah to attend, has to have not only a physical separation, but a barrier between them. We know in our times that the Minhagim have developed that a chuppah, we don't do this, but Ramesha argues that's not a public gathering. It's only for invited guests. But even if you have a shul, even if you have a... You know, they're different in the case. Shiurim, oftentimes there'll be a separation without a mechitza. We have our own minhag and we know uh, what the practice is. But Ramesha argues that uh, any public gathering that's open to the public, which is mitzvah to attend, you really have to have a physical barrier. But just getting back, let's say you're davening, though, in a situation where it's not a makam kavul at it's not in shul, and it's not a time where men and women are davening in groups together in a shiva house at an airport or something like that. So there, Ramesha argues you don't need a physical barrier. So Hanan was davening um, in the Azara. At the same time, the Pasuk says in Parashas Kiseitse, Vayomachanecha Kadosh, Vayirebacha Ervas Dover. That um, in the Yalkut Shemoni Darshans, Vayirebacha Ervas Dover, not only a woman is dressed inappropriately, but she's, a woman should be outside of the Dalit Amos that a person's uh, davening. A man shouldn't be in the Dalit Amos of a woman who's davening. They should be separated by Dalit Amos. That's a separate concern, not because of the Kedusha's Beis HaKnesses, or because it could lead to frivolous behavior. You don't have large groups davening together. Even one man who's davening and there's another woman should be, uh, they don't have to have a physical barrier, but it should be, she should be separated by four Amas. And this is derived, where did we get four Amas? The Magen Avram writes in his commentary on the Yalkut Shemani, is derived from Chana. The Magen Avram is a commentary, the Zeis Ranon. On the Yalkut Shemani, he writes, it's derived from Chana, because the Gemara says in Mesech Brachis, that Chana told I'm the woman who was standing Imcha. Imcha should have been written with a Chaf Sofis, with an end of Chaf. But it's written Chaf Hey to tell us, says the Gemara, that he was standing outside of her Daud Amas in the fifth Amas. She was standing four Amas away. So, so the Yalkut uh, implies if you, even if you're just in a non-shul setting, a random uh, tefillah, you know, and, uh, in, a, in some other setting, and the men and the woman, which is the practice, the men and walk, if you're at like a party, Hanukkah party or something, and the men are going to dive in, the woman walk to the other side of the room, even if there's no mechitza there, because the woman, it's not a group tefillah, we have to be afraid for, uh, you know, a frivolous behavior will develop, but the woman should, you know, walk to the other side of the room to avoid uh, this uh, other problem we'll hear of Bechai Erev Okay. So that's separate seating. Uh, the, 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 the,